0: Learn the art of storytelling and unlock your creative potential with a team of story coaches and published professionals helping you achieve your creative goals. Sign up today at storytelleracademy.com.
1: It's it's so crazy how easy it is to forget cuz each of us go through hard things or kind of like very stressful points in our lives. And sometimes, like, we forget that the other people are going through all those things too, at different times and different things and different levels of difficulties. So, yeah, I think like, I think now because we're like in this digital space where everything like seemingly is supposed to happen really fast, um, like you expect like an auto response from somebody that, like, you kind of have to remind yourself that things are still happening in these real human lives <laughs> that um, are beyond all the emails we're sending to each other.
0: A book given life by a sensory inspiration. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 547. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm speaking to Minal Patel, the author-illustrator of Priya, Dreams of Marigolds and Masala. In this picture book, A life in India is recounted through an intergenerational connection between Priya and her ba, her grandmother. There's an intimacy evident in their relationship and a fondness for where you come from and where you call home. The answer is not always straightforward, of course, but helping make a house a home for those around you is a love that goes beyond words. Meenal has filled this story with those moments, providing space for memory and longing, as well as for acts of welcoming and family. Please welcome my guest Meenal Patel, the author-illustrator of Priya Dreams of Marigolds and Masala.
1: My name is Meenal Patel. My pronouns are she, her, hers and I am an artist, author, and designer. I grew up in Minnesota, and I'm currently living in San Francisco, um, where I am working on a bunch of different illustration-based projects.
0: I'm so glad that you shared one of your illustration-based projects with me, Mino, Thank you.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: So this book of yours, is this your debut picture book?
1: Um, so I actually have one more before that I
0: self-published. Okay. And now you have one that's sort of more traditionally published, but this means that, that you've been on this journey of telling stories, at least for the course of two books. I don't know you yet. Maybe for the course of (laughs) your entire life. (laughs) I'm grateful though, that Priya dreams of Marigolds and Masala came to me because this book is, is, is gorgeous. It's beautiful. Um, I think <laughs> it is the colors of marigolds and masala. La <laughs> and it's, it, it, knowing now that you're from Minnesota, I'm like, oh yeah, I see that in there too. This is good. <laughs> so maybe I'm getting a, a greater glimpse of you than I realize when I read this book. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> That's interesting. But I, I, I certainly, um, felt like I was reading a book that, that came from a voice that, that wanted to make sure that, that there were children that were seeing themselves in mm. stories and also seeing one another in stories so i'm grateful i'm grateful for that
1: oh well thank you
0: so much do you um mind uh, introducing book talking giving a summary of this picture book to those that have not yet met your story
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Priya Dreams of Marigolds and Masala is about a little girl named Priya. And she is growing up in the United States, but her family is from India. So she's living in a multi-generational household that is filled with her family's um, Indian traditions. And she mostly learns about her heritage through her Babiba, who is her grandma. And this happens through the things that they do together every day. And one of those things is that Babiba and Priya make roti for dinner together. Um, and that Rotli is a type of Indian flatbread. Um, And as they do this together every day, Priya always asks Babiba Ba what India is like. And so Priya gets to connect with her heritage through Babiba's Ba's descriptions of India, and in turn, it makes her feel pride in her heritage. Um, And I think Priya's curiosity for her family's heritage and her willingness to share that heritage with others Um, And the kindness that she shows to her ba really make her the hero of this story.
0: I'd say so. I think that in a, a really beautiful way, it makes her the hero of her family, the way that a child can be, especially in this moment, the hero of their family when they, when they absorb their family and their family's culture and their family's, habits or traditions or mm-hmm. schedules or routines <laughs> those things that that make a family a family um I, I see that in Priya and I I I love because <laughs> I have a four-year-old and a nine-year-old of my own I love that you tap into this notion of this is something making the rotley is something they do every day yeah <laughs> and the asking of the questions is is part of that it's infused in mm-hmm. that in in that act um because that means that no doubt <laughs> her bobby ba has heard some of these questions <laughs> over and over and yet what we yeah. see <laughs> is we see love and we see we see getting things done at the mm-hmm. same time that we're passing time by by connecting through heritage or by connecting um Really connecting through through time we're we're connecting with Bobby Ba's experience that is not priya's experience, but mm-hmm. but yet becomes I don't know how else to say this, but have you ever had that experience of either maybe you yourself or being around children that that very clearly own a memory in their lives and yet they never actually experience that memory or they were too young to know that memory but it's been yes. told to them so many times that it it has become part of their identity
1: yes absolutely and I think for for me it's like sometimes I think because I'll have looked at photographs from growing up that I was too young to actually remember but I kind of make the story in my head because I've seen those photos so many times that I feel like I actually do really, really remember that. Um, Or even like somebody else's story and their photographs, it like kind of starts to come to life. Like, oh yeah, I I did experience that and I did do
0: that. I um, think about in hearing those stories and in growing up in your household in the way, that your family valued art if they did, or just in what happened in your schooling or wherever. I think about also, and I, I want to acknowledge this about your book I think about where you developed your relationship to color and to composition, because the color story in this book is really, really interesting. Uh, the pinks with the olive greens and the oranges and the mustard yellows, it's really uh, got a voice in the story. And it works, uh, in great contrast to, to Priya in America and the, the whites and grays that are predominant in the illustrations.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, color is my like most favorite thing to work (laughs) with. And what I do is so thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um, but I, I think I was just surrounded by a lot of color as a kid. And I think, I don't know if this is just me thinking about this book in particular, but because India is full of so much color and I, I grew up with my one set of grandparents in my home, I feel like they brought some of that color with them, like just in the saris that my mom wore and some of the artwork that they had brought and... Um, I think there are probably some roots in there from that. Um,
0: There can't not be, right? Yeah. We, you know, children are just covered in fingerprints. They're covered in in all of those impressions, all those fingerprints that the people in their lives leave on them. So it doesn't surprise me that just being in an environment in your, in your home that you grew up in where there were, I don't know the word like artifacts these things that were brought from another place you you mm-hmm. internalize that that becomes part of part of what has fingerprinted on you
1: yeah and i think i so this book when i the real jumping off point for me for writing this book was just after i got back from a trip to india with my parents just a couple of years ago and that was really the first time that I had been there as an adult, so kind of the first time that I could really, really remember because the other time I went I was, I was so young that I don't think I have strong memories of that. Um, and just the visual inspiration, the sensory inspiration from that trip is really um, where this story started to develop. Um, and of course, all of the colors is <laughs> like the biggest inspiration. So a lot of the color work in this book was really pulled from photos that I took on that trip to India.
0: The, the way you bring color in, but also the way you bring sound in and the way you bring people in. I mean, I can tell you, you absorbed your experience when you went to India, because what you share with us Here and what Bobby Ba shares with Priya, is so much a mix of everything. It's so ephemeral, I think, in a way that it it's it's hard to put your thumb on. Do you mind if I read a little bit to you? Would that be okay?
1: Yeah, yeah, please do.
0: (laughs) I I put on my readers, you know, so I can totally (laughs) do this without fail. I I was joking before about how (laughs) my eyes have spent too long staring at screens and words are getting a little blurry. Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from the Highlights Foundation. Imagine your own private retreat in a picturesque setting. The Highlights Foundation believes all writers and artists can benefit from the gift of time. Time to create and time to dream. That's why they developed a program called Unworkshops that gives you the opportunity to create your own retreat. In an Unworkshop, time is yours to spend as you please. No structure, no schedule. They will provide you with comfortable lodging and three great meals a day. From the moment you arrive, you'll feel right at home and fussed over. They'll furnish a peaceful setting that lets you focus solely on your work. And for only $149 a day, you and your career are worth the investment. Learn more about these and other workshops and online courses by visiting highlightsfoundation.org slash programs. Uh, to take us into India, it says, your line reads, And every day, Priya asks babiba What is India like? Ba tells her India, is the smell of roasted cumin and the masala at the spice market that tickles your nose. It's the sound of motorbikes whizzing by mixed with the beep beep of a tuk-tuk and the moo of a cow. It's the arches and domes on buildings and the grit of the streets. It's the hot sun on your face and the drenching monsoon rains. It's the rainbow of saris stacked to the ceiling in a shop and the quiet swish, swish of a sari with every step. I'm going to read you your entire book. I'm <laughs> constantly at this, at this issue of getting sucked into these books that we have on this show. But I want you to know that I, that you brought us there. You brought us there with these memories in this moment that Bobby Ba and Priya are sharing together that that it is um snapshots it is looking around in this moment it's traveling quickly through india but also stopping in moments to see Mm -hmm. the architecture and to feel i love that feeling the grit beneath your feet Mm -hmm. um I could smell the cows with the food (laughs) (laughs) because I think you just put that cow front and center. Um, But I also love, I didn't go this far, but I I feel like I need to go this far because the line sat with me so beautifully. Um, On the next page you write, it's the hustle and bustle of crowds of people going this way and that, and the mix of beliefs and traditions they carry within them all of these things that what is India like that you think of what has Bobby Ba internalized? What is, what does it mean to be from India? What does that identity mean to her? And to hear that to her, it means being part of a country, but one that is diverse in beliefs and traditions. Yes. Because that also speaks to me of, of, of belonging. Mm -hmm. Right. Not just everyone's so different. It's so hard to find people to get along with rather. I I value how different everyone is. And it's not to say that everyone in the country from Bobby Ba's memory values everyone else, Mm -hmm. but that, that she sees the beauty of people, alongside the beauty of cha and of saris and of tuk-tuks and of (laughs) domes and just you know i mean i don't know how to put my thumb on this other than i i saw it as a love letter and i feel like someone who just visited a country couldn't express this in the way of someone who's who's lived in a household where there was a love for roots, Mm -hmm. for where you come from, because we all come from places, but we're not always connected to those roots. And I, I feel, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, that, that you must have a love and appreciation for, for those roots and the people that have helped instill them in you.
1: Yeah. And I, Oh, you said that in such a lovely way. I don't want to ruin it now.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't it have been awful if you were like, no, actually, I hate my family. I wrote actually, this, I wrote this I as a protest. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I, um, so this book, this book, actually, it started out as something entirely different because I, I, and that, that trip to India had such a big impact on me, but I honestly, at the time, I, I didn't, it took a lot of digging for me to really understand why, because it was at such a deep emotional level. Like I, it's such a full sensory place. First of all, like visually the sounds, the smells, everything you're like, totally senses are just lit up there. Um, And so like after that trip, it was like, Oh, I I really want to do a book about India. And I like some, I mean, it was all very much based on these sort of sensory moments, but it didn't really dive deep into my connection to them and why I have a connection to them. Um, so I think, I I think I wrote the precursor to this book like 20 times and it, it never really landed. It never felt right. And I, it was honestly, it was kind of frustrating because I was like, I'm so inspired by this place. And I had, I had all of these different storylines that were around these sensory moments around the colors around, um, just India as a whole. And I, I had to step back after quite a long time of writing, um, because I was just stuck and I got, I got some really good advice from some close people in my life who, um, just really encouraged me to sit down and to free write about the impact that that trip had on me. And so I sat down and I just wrote and wrote and wrote about why why that trip was so meaningful to me and why it was so meaningful to go there with my parents. Um, and I ended up kind of, it all rooted back to my childhood and these, these elements that kind of made me feel lonely growing up because people outside of my household weren't really, didn't understand them or weren't practicing them. I grew up, the place that I grew up was not very diverse at all. Um, And so there was this loneliness attached to it. But then going to India and having this, all of these sensory moments that I so, so deeply connected with and that felt so familiar, um, And to just know that all these people all along have been here and all of this stuff is part of every day for them as it was for me. Um, And I just like, I felt this even in a place where a lot of things felt foreign, I also felt like so many things were so, so familiar. And there was some real comfort in that, even like as an adult. Um, And so that was kind of, the launching point of this book that finally kind of caught me to go deeper and to just understand for myself why I felt so connected to India and just realizing that so many kids and adults probably have some of these same feelings as well. Um, yeah, so that, that's where this book came from.
0: <laughs> the feeling of being the only house on the street mm-hmm. with a family like yours. You, you start off, this was, I think unconventional of a picture book that I've read before, um, that you frame the story sort of between these two bookends of, of a house and almost a, a showing a picture of a house and almost a, a poem that accompanies it. In the beginning you, you write, This house is on a small street in a small city in the United States. It's the only house on the street with an Indian family. It's the only house on the street that has a garland of bright orange marigolds hanging in the doorway. It's the only house on the street with a family inside who passes around Rotley for dinner. It's the only house on the street where an old woman emerges in a colorful sari to pick marigolds, from the garden and then we go into the story i i wonder when that part of the storytelling um materialized for you if that was part of setting the story from the very beginning for you or or what sort of helped you root the story to to find what priya wanted to say
1: mm-hmm so that that sort of beginning poem and then the poem at the end those are actually lifted pretty closely from when i was just free writing about my childhood and about what i observed in my grandparents and my parents and my sister as we were kind of moving through our lives and after just thinking about my grandparents' and parents' experience immigrating to the U.S. Um, and I, I, I distinctly remember wanting to write some of that down, but feeling like it was too sad that I shouldn't write it down because it didn't belong in a children's book. Um, and then I was like, nope, I just have to write it down because right now I'm not editing. I'm just going to write and write and write. And I ended up, I kept going back to those pieces and something about it felt so honest to me. Um, and I, 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 there was a lot of back and forth um, for me during the editing process and with my editor about whether we would leave that in or take it out. And ultimately it was left in, I think, because it, it felt important to communicate that sort of loneliness and that touch of sadness, but then wrap it up in the end to show this kind of beautiful, bigger connection of humans that we don't even know, but that we do have some understanding of through our traditions, and there is like some comfort in that to me. Um,
0: I, I, I experienced this in a way that really moved me as well that from my observation, this is a family that is alone in the way that they are the only Indian family on that street. But at the same time, they are unflinching in their traditions. They Mm -hmm. still, they still, you know, make the meals that they make and they, hang the the garland of marigolds outside the house is probably more the important thing to point out because that is an outward facing thing to tie it at the end with these other houses in india that do the same i thought was a really powerful way to connect also the act in the story of gosh do i want to give away the story or not um <laughs> the, th- there's an act where Priya invites her. All of the stories that she has internalized, all of the expressions of what India is to Babi Ba, all of that that she's internalized. She has a moment where she is moved to express a gratitude and love and an acknowledgement of her grandmother while at school in in a, in a, in a craft that she makes. And as other classmates look on, she invites them into that space, sharing bravely with her with her friends about her, about her family, about her traditions, but also with pride and also with a group of people that are listening. Mm-hmm. The group of people that want to listen and also want to step into that space where they can, where they can be part of that expression of love toward a, a person that they have not met. They have not presumably met Priya's grandmother. And yet they, 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 they make something with Priya as well. Um, to have them making this thing together and then to pull the camera back on India to take us away from this setting and to see that these other children had the experience to share in a a small piece of a tradition that that is something that's recognized by a great number of people mm-hmm. that, that these kids have never even met, I felt like. I don't, I, I don't know, it sort of it is something that I can't quite put words to right now, other than that felt like such a beautiful connection to the world being bigger mm-hmm. than the world you're aware of. But that is exactly what childhood is all about. It's about mm-hmm. expanding that world. And um, you, you gave that to Priya, you gave that power, that strength. Um, that ownership and love of her culture and that trust of her friends with sharing this personal thing about herself. You gave that to her, you empowered her that way because it's not just that she makes this craft with the classmates, but she also imparts that knowledge of her Babi of what India is. Mm-hmm. Um, so without giving away the craft, I feel like <laughs> we are, I do want to give away the the heart, the emotion, the art yeah. that you've given Priya. Because as your line so beautifully puts it, you, she, um, Bobby Ba says, sharing India with others is the very best way to carry it with you. And I just want to say that <laughs> that, that is a profound statement that the way to carry something with you is to give it away mm-hmm. um but it's just beautiful it makes me want to cry
1: oh <laughs> well thank you i i think that sharing sharing kind of the those close things to you is really really hard sometimes and It's also something that's so important because when we expose each other and when we take in from other people things that we don't understand, um, it only brings us closer together. Um, So even when it's difficult to put ourselves out there and I like even me writing this book and putting all this out there was hard. Um, But I also I knew I knew that people I thought that kids would be able to relate to it, that other people would be able to relate to it. And that was, I really wanted to put it out in the world to hopefully connect with people.
0: I think that um, you did a very brave thing sharing a story with the world. I think that people that share stories are very brave people indeed, but I can say for sure that, that you are giving opportunity for people to connect and um, to connect with Priya's experience but also to connect with one another because um, we are very blessed, at least where I teach uh, we are very blessed to have a lot of people that don't look like us Mm. and so that means there's a lot of opportunity to listen and to learn and to value and to lean in and I hope that that's what our children are doing and it's what we as adults are hopefully modeling for them, but the world doesn't always tell us that that's the thing that everyone does. Mm -hmm. So sharing a story that, that reminds us of, of the good, good value there is in, in affirming where we come from by sharing it with others. Uh, and by expressing gratitude for those who share with us. Um, That's a cool thing. I'm grateful for you, Mino. Thank you for sharing your story with me.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you for everything that you do for children and in the world of literature.
0: um, I'm grateful. I feel privileged to be able to read these books and to be able to share them with readers. But I'm... I'm also grateful that that you're doing this for the kids I'm going to see tomorrow um, and for those that so many of us are going to be working with after hearing this message. So um, I think the best way for us to end our conversation <laughs> um, is for me to ask that I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. You know, is there a message that I can bring to them from you?
1: Um, I would like to tell them that all parts of you matter and are valuable pieces of your story. Um, all of those pieces make you multi dimensional and are so, so worthy of sharing with others.
2: This is Darshna Kiani, author of How to Wear a Sari, coming in fall 2020. Want to find out the latest South Asian books and children's literature? Check out www.darshanakhiani.com forward slash South Asian Lit. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com forward slash podcast. Our theme music is by Pottington Bear, care of the free music archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed.
0: Before we leave, I want to give a shout out to all of our patrons, those folks who are supporting the podcast and helping keep the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Tracy, Hallie, Chris, Amy, Summer, Sarah, Kate, Darshna, Patricia, Amanda, Theo, Jarrett, Justin, Anitra, Selaja, Ailey, Suzanne, Mike, Steve, Mia, Karina, Adrian, Irene, Kate, Ed, Jenny Sue, Cynthia, Sylvie, Doug, Amanda, Judy, Ruth, Elaine, Teresa, Alicia, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You're welcome to join us. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest creating bedtime stories
2: to help your kids fall
0: asleep fast.
2: Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtime's a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumor has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's KOKO Sleep and I'll see you there.